Attention hoop nerds. The Six Way Basketball Tournament is coming back to Madison College December 16th and 17th. Through the next few episodes, you're going to hear from the participating coaches and learn a little bit about their players and their teams. Lacrosse Central is returning as champions, and they play Friday night in the 8 p.m. game versus Joliet West. To kick off the event, we have Nina defending Division I champions in Wisconsin versus Wanakee at 6.30 on Friday night. And a new feature for the Six-Way Basketball Tournament, to start Saturday, we have a showcase game between the Verona Wildcats and the defending Division Three runner-up West Salem Panthers. SixOwayBasketball.com is linked in the notes. Make sure you get your tickets today. You don't want to miss out on high school basketball's best. Establish care before content, and things will be moving in more of a successful direction. Welcome to Hoop Nerds with Billy Kegler, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. We talk to coaches, athletes, and more to learn from their stories and apply learning lessons to improve each individual and stimulate growth for your program, team, staff, and self. Follow along as we explore success and failure en route to improving the game of basketball. Coach Krieger, welcome to the Hoop Nerds. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. Looking forward to it. Well, my pleasure to chat with you and get to know you a bit better, and I'm really excited to watch your team play this upcoming December at the Six Away Basketball Tournament. But let's dive into you as a coach a little bit in basketball. Tell me about the first time you coached and a memory that sticks with you from it. I would say my first real memory of coaching was just being a volunteer at a youth camp. So just being able to instruct younger basketball players, find a love and passion for watching players give their all to get better. And then you experience that with them along the way. Um, As far as my playing career, I was always a team captain and kind of an extension of my coach on the floor. So coaching, I think, was always somewhat ingrained in me. Um, So that's like my first true memory of coaching is one being a captain and a natural point guard my whole life and then working camps, whether it be through high school or college or being back home in my community. That's my first real memories of coaching and why I've always found a passion for doing it. So when you transitioned from playing and being a captain and a point guard to coaching, what was the, the thing that you found most difficult that you didn't anticipate being difficult? Because as players, we have ultimate confidence and we think we can do anything. And then we we move to the other side and it's like, whoa, there's a lot I didn't know. Yes. Yeah, so it actually has nothing to do with basketball and X's and O's. It was understanding the effort it takes to truly coach and run a program from a logistical side. So as far as fundraising, sponsorships, managing, and for lack of better phrase, dealing with parents, expectations, things of that nature, that was probably the most challenging part. Um, Not to be arrogant at all, because I try to show humility and be humble. Coaching basketball wasn't really the challenge, like establishing a culture and trying to work with players to buy into what you believe in and get their trust. I think that's that's more of an innate skill. Again, I can lean back on what I did as a player and being a, a coach's player and now trying to find a way to be a player's coach. That was kind of like the seamless transition, but again, it was more of everything else, holding tryouts, uh, the tough conversations of a player you have to cut that may have played the previous two years. And then in my case, I was a young coach taking over at a program um, during a transition time. So it was like the new expectations of a 
a kid coming back to coach at his alma mater in the community where he grew up. So there was like a different level of things to navigate. You mentioned culture in there and creating a culture that you wanted. I'm curious if, if maybe from playing or early in your coaching career, what's a, a moment that sticks out from you? Where you identified something where I want that to be a part of my culture whenever I'm a head coach. Number one, it would be all the coaches I was able to build relationships with. What I found, because I'm also a special ed teacher at the high school I coach at, um, you can ask an individual to do anything you want, but if there's not a foundational relationship there built on trust, honesty, open communication, transparency, and then the sweat equity you put in together with those kids, it's going to be very hard for them to quote unquote buy into what you're trying to do. So for me, leaning back and what I learned from many of the coaches I played for was let's just have a relationship first. Like, let's forget about your height, your explosiveness, how many dribbles it takes for you to get from baseline to baseline, but rather, who are you as a person? Who am I as a coach? What makes us tick? Um, what makes us get motivated? What brings us down? So those, that was the main thing that I wanted to bring about when I started coaching was build the relationships first, establish care before content and things will be moving in more of a successful direction. I love that. So I think we've all had this as coaches where we have different personalities and that's what makes a team great is it's diverse, but we have our personality and sometimes they're players or maybe coaches that are alternate personalities of us. So what ways are you able to navigate those relationships to make sure you can still have the same vision for what your team is trying to accomplish, even though you may have different ways of going about that? I think the main thing that I've learned from studying different coaches, whether it be college, successful high school or MBA, is you find your similarities and your differences. So while that may sound convoluted as a statement, I think when you focus on the soft skills that make someone successful in any facet of life, you use the differences to find the similarities in what we need to be successful. So be on time, work hard, communicate, focus on the small things. Cause usually when you don't do the small things, well, that's how you fail. So when we can talk about those in relationships, school, basketball, it doesn't really matter what our personality is or our skill set is. Cause if we focus on those four or five soft skills and we do those well, the basketball is going to come somewhat easy because that's why we're all there anyway. Everybody wants to shoot the three. Everybody wants to dunk. Everybody wants to earn the scholarship. So different personalities have never really been a focus of mine because I want to focus on, although we're different, what can we do alike? And then from there, our differences will kind of fade away because we're all in one common goal in one common direction in a common, basically approach You've talked about the relationship and the care. So I'm curious, outside of basketball, because you're moving young boys into men, what's something that you do with your team that you think makes the biggest positive impact for them going forward in their lives? I would say I'm a firm believer in circles. So circles in terms of our indigenous ancestors and the Native Americans. So there's you can go do circles for a multitude of reasons, but basically there's two one is the community build, the other is to repair harm. Back in those days, you would repair harm inside the tribe or try to build community amongst bringing ourselves together. So at three different times of our season, we get in the circle, meaning we just put a group of chairs in a circle in the center is a centerpiece where we can focus our attention. If you're not comfortable making eye contact and scanning the circle while you speak, 
and we have one after we have tryouts. So before we have our first formal practice, we have a circle before our Thanksgiving, or excuse me, our Christmas tournament Pontiac, and then before our run through March in the playoffs. And in those circles, we learn to establish norms and shared agreements to start to build a bond and a foundational place for our relationships to grow. But it also teaches young men how to communicate while being vulnerable, um, share tears, share joy, share moments of adversity they may have faced in their lives. And from there, I think one of the biggest detriments we have for young males that gets into older males is that when you cry, you're soft. And I think the main place where you show strength is when you're able to be vulnerable in front of others, because that's your truest form of character. So if we can all see each other down at our most vulnerable point, we know how to build on that as coaches and teammates when we have a tough loss or we miss a free throw, or we have a crucial turnover, we can just lean back on circle like we're here together. We established this bond the first week in November. Our plan is to be here through early to mid-March. How are we going to get there? And when you find that you teach young men how to have meaningful conversations and courageous conversations and make somewhat of eye contact and be able to speak through um, those, I guess, nervous moments, because as you know, a lot of times we talk to our players, whether male or female, hey, what's going on? I'm all good. No, I'm fine. I promise it's nothing. Oh, we'll get through it. I'm used to this. That's just them suppressing energy and emotion. And it's going to come out at the worst time, whether it's at us, a teammate, a referee, a family member, a teacher. So that's the biggest thing I try to do is teach our young people how to communicate through the highs and the lows. Yeah, it's going to come out at a moment of adversity, whether it's in a personal life or or on the court or some other so other way to get it out. It's it's important, but also what you said there about teaching them how to deal with that and communicate through it is very important. But I'm curious, what sort of starting talking points do those circles begin with to get your conversation moving? We always begin with team. And I start by circle always starts with a designated sound or a definite start. So it has a host, which is usually me. My assistant coach is the guardian. He blows his whistle. And then we have a scribe. So somebody who will jot notes or major points are shared agreement. So all I do is read a quote from Kobe Bryant that talks about the only way that a true team is going to be defined is by how we come together to truly reach a common goal. And if you're not on board for that, I have no use for you. Now he says it in much more you know, harsher terms in the way Kobe Bryant was built as far as I'm not gonna pass to a guy that I know didn't put in the time. So we read one of his more gentle quotes. And then from there, we go into talking about shared agreements. So it's just basically eight or nine phrases that establish a norm for what we're going to lean on to why we're going to be a tight knit group in the longest sports season. Cause as you know, volleyball, football, baseball, nothing as long as basketball. If you have a true conditioning program, you're together from basically labor day or October through March. So we're going to get tired of each other. We're going to face different things. So that first circle is just establishing all we do. It's very simple. We say, close your eyes and picture your most prized relationship that you have with any one person. I give them about 30 seconds to a minute to think about it. And then we go around in a circle and we name that bond. So it's mom, sister, aunt, grandma, brother, uncle, whoever it may be. After that, I say, okay, close your eyes and take a deep breath. What's one or two qualities about that person that makes that relationship so meaningful? We relax. What is it? Trust. 
wisdom, open communication. And you start hearing all these same adverbs, adjectives every year, but it's supposed to be like that. And the reason you remember that person is because of the character trait that that person holds that makes you most comfortable. So then now we can use that to then create what our team needs to be. So at the toughest moment on any bus trip, why can we trust the guy is going to be on help side? Why can we trust the second man in the rotation to help the helper? Because we know we can trust that person on a relationship level. Why? Communication, trust, integrity, hard work, effort, wisdom, face similar challenges that I have, reliability. So then you start leaning on those words that you've established in your first circle, and you're utilizing them with every practice, every game, every moment as a learning tool. You mentioned in there, take a breath and take a second. I'm curious, is, is that breath a signal you use at other points in times to communicate with your team? Can you elaborate on that a bit? As many listeners know, I spent over six years as a general manager at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. I was able to spend time talking hoops with coaches like Tom Izzo, along with high school and youth coaches, in addition to meeting some basketball legends, including my childhood favorite, Sam Elke, who is in the WBCA Hall of Fame and High School Basketball Museum, located at Just the Game Fieldhouse which is a must visit for any true hoop nerd. They also play host to the WBCA All-Star Games and Coaches Clinic every year. Just a Game hosts over 70 basketball and volleyball tournaments annually and is a great place to play for teams of all ages and ability levels. You can't beat all Wisconsin Dells has to offer in your free time. The Fieldhouse also has two sister companies in Just a Game Impressions and Just a Game Live. Just a Game Impressions specializes in customized screen printing and embroidery and promotional products. They serve businesses, schools, sports teams, and more. Just a Game Live takes pride in providing affordable and simple live streaming solutions for venues or programs of all kinds. Inquire today for more information. For more info on everything Just a Game has to offer, check them out at justagamefieldhouse.com. Yes, I always feel like anytime you're beginning to speak in any nature, you taking that breath allows you to really think about, do I want to say what I'm about to say? Because most often as human beings, we say the worst things are the most regrettable things out of emotion. And if we just take a deep breath to think about what we want to say, we don't have to second guess what we just did. So you think about, I commit a bad foul. And then I get the ball back on offense and I try to make it up for it and I turn it over. Then I coach bad body language. When that player comes to the bench, most often, unless you've worked on this soft skill, they're going to say something they regret why they're speaking from emotion. So if we teach at an early stage, take a deep breath, really process what you want to say, process what you want to do. And then it becomes not only a translatable skill in basketball and talking to coach and player, but it turns into speaking to a police officer or a dean or a principal or at an interview. So just something we like to utilize. This is gold. And, and I love everything you're sharing with us. And, and I, I knew I picked up on that breath piece and, and it would be important. And it's, it's valuable, like you just mentioned, in every aspect of life. But I want to talk a little bit about the event you're coming up to play in this year, the six-way basketball tournament. We are playing December 16th and 17th at Madison College. And, and I want to hear from you what you're expecting from your team this year when you come to the six-way basketball tournament. Give us an overview. Number one is just leave a lasting impression. So one of the things I'm most proud about with the first three years of me having the opportunity to run this program is every in-state or out-of-state event we attend, we're always asked to come back, regardless of performance, because the way we carry ourselves. And that's a product of our culture and the amazing young men 
that become a part of our program. So the way we carry ourselves, the way we clean the bench, the way we stay at the hotel, the way we say thank you, the way we hold the door for the community or sign an autograph, um, that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. And that's not just me saying that for brownie points, but I really like to go somewhere and leave and get a text message or email and share with the guys like, hey, we won by 20 or we lost by seven, but they love the way you carried yourself. And that was something they love to see from young people. So that's number one, because we've never played in Wisconsin. As far as the event itself, we would just want to represent Illinois the way that Jaden Shutt and Yorkville Christian represented Illinois last year. We want to go to an event that regardless of result, the crowd was, was awesome. Putting the result, your name on the board for if you advance to the championship was very cool. So that's the second thing. And then lastly is just play well. So compete, show Wisconsin what Illinois, Chicago suburb basketball is all about, which is pressure defense, man-to-man, -man, sharing the ball, playing positionless basketball. We're going to search out mismatches. We're going to try to get the pace of the game up-tempo unless we're not taking care of the ball. We need to value possession. We're going to play above the rim. And there's no secret that some of the players we have are recognized nationally. So hopefully those guys can showcase their talent in a state where they don't usually get to see a player like that. Yeah, we want fans to come out, and, and that is generally for great team play, but also for individual players who, who have a great talent. So walk us through your players that fans should come out and check out and what they're going to see from them. For sure. So it starts right away with Jeremiah Fears. Uh, he's a top 2025 20, player in the country. He just moved to number two in the state. I'm not a huge fan of rankings, but I know the kids care about it, and the casual fan will hear who is – who's coming and you say number two and number three and you throw out numbers and now that entices them. But in terms of a complete guard, that's a true sophomore, not a reclass. He's a showstopper. He's um, not to disrespect these guys in any way, but he's trending in the likes of style of play and ability to affect a game. Sharif Cooper, Trey Young, Steph Curry. So last year as a true freshman, he averaged 15 half points a game. You have to guard him past half court. He's a demon in pick and roll. He'll pull from 30, um, and they're not ill-advised shots. His handle is crazy. He can finish at the rim with both hands, and he already has offers from Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, Xavier, Ohio. And then as of the last week after we finished our live period, he has Ohio State, Arizona, and Oregon, and he's barely 16. So it starts, it starts with him. After that, we have a combo guard in Justice McNair. He's your traditional – at least in the way I watch and study basketball, you're three and D guy. He's running the wing. He's guarding the other team's best player. He's picking up from full court and he's a catch and shoot guy and he's finishing transition. He'll challenge shots at the rim and he rebounds really well from the guard position. After that, we have two guys that are interchangeable at the traditional four and five, Drew King, who's also a junior, and then Matthew Moore. They're both six, nine. They can touch the top of the square. They're going to challenge shots at the rim. They run rim to rim really well. They can switch on the guards. They're going to be, in my hopes, exceptional in pick and roll coverage if that's what we happen to face. And it starts probably with those those four guys. Those are the, the biggest ones to mention. Now, Coach, you have a new addition but an old face to your program. Tell me a little bit about who that is and how that changes your team's dynamic. For sure, yeah. We welcome back Jeremy Fears Jr., after spending two years at Lalamere um, boarding school. So he was playing on the NIBC and playing national 
level games against the likes of, you know, Mount Verde and teams like that. So him coming back to what you would call a public high school schedule is definitely going to lend itself to his benefit as well as ours. He was already a natural leader for us as soon as he walked on campus his freshman year. But I think going against teams like he's won against in terms of Geico Nationals playing in IMG and then who he plays against on the EYBL circuit, now coming back to us, he's going to be able to offer um, a whole basket of things um, that are great for a team and then a great for a coach as well. So we're excited. You bring him back. He, he's committed to Michigan State, if I'm correct. So what does that do for the dynamic of your team with the players you had coming back and now adding him into that mix? I think it just it allows them to have a trusted leader and captain regardless if he was going to Michigan state or if he wasn't committed as a, an incoming senior for the class of 2023, he has those intangibles. So people are already willing to listen to him, but I think because he had a brother on the team and although he wasn't in our program per se, I mean, he was around us all the time when he came home to work out in the summer, he was in our gym in his gym. When he was on Christmas break, he would be there with his brother or coming to our games when we played in the regional championship, he was in the stands. So it's like, it's one of those things where oftentimes people have been like, Oh man, you got so lucky with this transfer. And I try to explain to them, like, he's not really a transfer. Like his career started here. He's lived his whole life in Joliet. So it's just a, it's a really good thing for him, for his family, for his brother, for the community. And it's almost like a, regardless of where we finish or how we win, I know there's high expectations, but it's almost a fairy tale ending for him where you could find a silver lining in COVID because the last time he was in our gym and playing with us, we were 29 and four, one game away from going down state and our season got canceled. So it's almost like that unwritten chapter of his basketball career has, has an opportunity to be closed the way he wants to do it. Awesome. You got me excited about the event already and we're months away and I'm excited to, to watch you guys play and, fans will be able to check you guys out, you know, because everything's available on social media leading up to the event and we'll do a good job sharing items out. So let's get out of here on some non-basketball related questions. Let's just have a little bit of coaches speak, having fun here. So if you were going to have a meal right now, what one food item would have to be in that meal that you just crave? One food item, bacon cheeseburger with avocado, fried egg, and spinach on a pretzel bun. Oh, now you're cooking. Yeah, the, the, you got me with the fried egg. We're good to go there. All right, <laughs> last last question. Use your imagination a bit. Okay. You, you open a refrigerator, and you look inside of that refrigerator. What one item inside that refrigerator best identifies with who Coach Krieger is as a person and why? I would say a Gatorade Zero or the new Gatorade um, rehydration series they brought out because I'm one that is very mindful of my body. Uh, I want to take care of myself. I pride myself in still being able to practice and compete with and against my players to earn their respect. Not only a guy sitting in a chair or directing them, but understanding like I will get on the court and bust your tail. So I try to stay active and stay in shape. And often when I tell people I'm 37, they don't believe me. Um, but looking in my fridge and seeing a Gatorade, you're going to understand that I'm going to want to rehydrate and practice what I preach to my players, which is always hydrate, eat well, get rest, tell somebody thank you, and then watch and study the game of basketball. So if I'm not doing those things, how can I expect them to do it? 
lead by example. I love it. Coach Krieger, we look forward to seeing you December 16th and 17th at Madison College at the Six-Way Basketball Tournament. And hopefully you have your team ready to go because it's going to be a fun event. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you again for the invite and how steadfast you guys are and proactive and sharing the information that's necessary to be there. So we already love the organization and the videos you've shared. So we are excited for it as well. And then I'll do my best along with our staff to, to have the kids ready. So either way, we'll put on a show. Um, I won't speak on, on result or wins and losses. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, coach. You're very welcome. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been associated with their products for a few years now, and I'm really impressed by their innovative and user-friendly shooting machines. They also are great people with tremendous customer service. It's no wonder why they have become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com and at drdishbball on social media. Be sure to mention WBCA when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off any commercial purchase.